That's right, it's time for the Tardy Tardis, the only Doctor Who podcast on the net featuring two guys who graduated from Cardiff Community College with time travel degrees. I am your host, Mark Turcott, and joining me this week, as always, my kindergarten classmate, Mr. Chris Maselli. Chris, what's up, man? Is that a thing? Is Cardiff totally. Community? It is now. Yeah. Yep. I think they it's call hanging it C3, on the wall. Is what they call it. They call it what? They call it C3. C3. Car- Cardiff Community College, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to... Um, there was two ways I wanted to uh, start this or introduce myself in starting the show, and one of them was to say something clever in French, but I didn't take French. You did. My last name is Turcotte. That is French. Right. French Canadian. So I don't know. And uh, well, they didn't. They didn't offer Italian at our school, so I had to go with <laughs> Spanish, and I still don't know what I learned in Spanish. <laughs> so I wanted to do that, or I wanted to come riding in on a white stallion somehow, <laughs> and. <laughs> that <laughs> we'll talk about it's not, that it's not gonna happen <laughs> oh my goodness we're gonna talk about that for sure uh this episode we're talking about the season two what we're dubbing episode five but technically it is episode four minus the christmas special the girl in the fireplace and yes horses busting through windows horses <laughs> we're gonna get to one horse horse eye uh we're gonna get to that in a minute but uh quick little housekeeping here don't forget you can follow us on instagram at tardy tardis podcast which chris said he is now going to start posting more to yeah, so if you I'm do sorry. follow us there uh check us out there and on twitter at tardis tardy and don't forget you can email us the tardy tardis podcast at gmail.com just like phantom flyer 09 did and he said first off love the show and all the other shows you have on itunes makes my days at work more bearable two questions number one is david Tennant warming up to you yet as the new doctor and second, have you ever considered choosing a day to watch the show on a platform called Rab.it or Rabbit? It said it's a website where you can create room and watch shows online with others. I think it would be really awesome if maybe the Doctor Who specials you set up a time so you can watch it with the fans of the show. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. I like that idea. I love it. But what what would they be? Like he's saying the specials, like the Christmas specials? I think the Christmas talking? specials, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty neat, right? We got to figure. I mean, I haven't even looked at it yet. We got this email, so we'll dive into it and see what that all entails. But I think if you guys think you would be interested in that, either hit us up on Instagram or Twitter, or email us and let us know your thoughts uh, on that. But Chris, David Tennant, are you warming up? I don't think I, I. I think we've liked him from the beginning. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think there's been any like time where uh, we have disliked him. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess. The longer this goes, like the question's always going to be asked, and everybody has like their doctor. Yeah. And right now, I mean, Eccleston is still my man. He's still my favorite. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we're only four after five episodes into this this uh, go around with Tenet, but I, you know, he's he's cool. He's he's a good guy. I I, I you know, uh, what, what there's a show coming out soon for Amazon. I think it comes out tomorrow, believe it or not. Yeah, this week. That, yeah. Yeah. That that David Tennant's in it, and because he's in it. I kind of perked up and like, oh, I'm interested in that. Yep. I, and I don't know if I would be if he was, if I didn't know who he was or I wasn't into Doctor Who. So, yeah, I don't think we've ever um, had a time where we we have not liked him. But I don't want to make it seem because like he's not um, like a Christopher Eccleston to me that he's he's like not in the same ballpark. He absolutely yep. is. Yeah. Well, you know, he asked, "Are we warming up?" Definitely. Like it's mm-hmm. it's getting warm. Definitely getting more. I'm really yep. liking David Tennant. There's some great scenes in this episode. 
uh, for sure. And, and it seems like every episode, there's just something. I mean, if you go back to the first, what was it, the Christmas special, where you're kind of joking in the, it is defended, <laughs> like all of that, which still that, is priceless, but immediately on board with him. Like, I, I'm in, yeah. I'm in. I like David Tennant, yeah. for sure. And, and in that episode, too, like, right, right, actually right before that, when he beats the alien outside of the ship, and he's walking back, and we we were laughing about it when we were doing that show. And he goes, "Not bad for a guy in his gym jams." <laughs> I say that to my daughter every night, <laughs> like when when she. When I got to start for, using that. When it's time for bedtime, I, that's what I say to her. I'm like, "Come on, babe, it's time for your gym jams." <laughs> So he's worn off on me already. <laughs> oh, that's great. I got to start using that, man. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Phantom Flyer, thank you for sending that in. And again, if you uh, want to email the show, email us at tardytardispodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know your thoughts. And as well, we're changing up the episode this week just a little bit. We want to see what uh, you guys think of this new format. Uh, previously, we pretty much just play. <laughs> pretty much play the episode while we do yeah. the podcast and kind of go through and, and giving our thoughts on what's happening on screen, basically reading some lines and stuff. Uh, but we did want to change it just a little bit and maybe just give a brief plot in the beginning and then start kind of diving through to specific just bullet points, like moments, what happened with different characters in each in each episode, uh, and right. then end it with all our notes and all that. So let us know your thoughts on how this episode goes. Again, email us, thetardytardispodcast at gmail.com, or hit us on Twitter or Instagram. You can find all those notes in the show notes, because we definitely want to know what you guys think uh, moving forward, if this is maybe a better format, because it might even make the show just flow a little bit better because we yeah, notice when we watch the episodes, Chris, we get a little bit tired. I we think, do, and, and as I, it goes we get on, a little bit long-winded, and like we, like you said, like in the beginning, like we're all like gung ho talking about the episode, and then we realize like we're not very far into the episode, and the and the the episode of Doctor Who, and our episode is going a little bit long, so yeah. we don't really want to like lose your interest, I guess, and um, maybe just kind of like streamline things a little bit quicker, yep. and uh, see how that goes. So. Yeah. So uh, let us know, guys. Uh, Hit us up on that. But Chris, let's jump in here. Uh, The girl in the fireplace. And so I'm going to start it off here with this new format by reading. This is coming from uh, just straight up Wikipedia. So this has nothing to do with the Phantom page or any of that. This is just from Wikipedia. It's a three-paragraph plot summary. I'm going to tear through. So here is the plot of this, according to Wikipedia. It says, uh, the 10th Doctor, Rose and Mickey, explore a derelict spaceship in the 51st century. The Doctor looks through a time window, a doorway to another place in space and time, which is shaped like a French fireplace. He sees a young girl called Raynette on the other side of the fireplace, who is in 18th century Paris. The Doctor steps through the time window to find that months have passed. He discovers a clockwork service android disguised in 18th century clothing, hiding in Raynette's root bedroom, and saves Raynette from it. The Doctor discovers a horse that stepped through a time window. He names it Arthur, as one does. Uh, Returning to Raynette's bedroom, the doctor discovers that she is now a young woman. Raynette kisses the doctor before she leaves to join her mother. The doctor realizes Raynette is Madame de Pompadour. Right? Is that de Pompadour? Pompadour. The mistress of King Louis XV. Several additional time windows are on the ship, which lead to different moments in Raynette's life. The doctor steps through one window to defend Raynette from an android. The android tells Raynette that the androids killed the ship's crew to use their organs for parts to repair the ship. The doctor discovers that the androids plan to open a time window to Raynette's life at the age of 37, believing that her brain at that age will be compatible with the ship. The clockwork androids appear to costume ball in Versailles and take Raynette hostage. At one end of the room is an enormous mirror, which is actually (laughs) a time window. 
And the doctor cannot enter the time window without being stranded in the 18th century. But the android threatened to decapitate Raynette. But the doctor, on Arthur, crashes through the mirror to save her with no way of returning to their ship. The androids give up and shut down. Raynette tells the doctor that she had her fireplace moved to Versailles in the hope that he would return. And the doctor finds that the fireplace is operating and uses it to return to the spaceship. He tells Raynette to prepare to leave. The doctor returns to Raynette, but finds that seven years have passed for her and she has died. King Louis gives the doctor a letter in which Raynette hopes for the doctor's quick return. And the doctor leaves in the TARDIS. And as the episode ends, the lifeless ship drifts through space. And its name is the SS Madame du Pompadour. Which could have been the best ending yet. That simple thing. Oh, just yeah. the fact that it was named that. I mean, do you blew, think blew me away. Is, is that basically just saying why the clockwork went f- androids basically went after her because they were yeah. like, she is the namesake of our ship. She's Absolutely. the only one that can save our ship. We must Absolutely. find her. It has to be. Yeah, it's got to be. And and so, you know, um, what what they don't do in this plot is they kind of just dive right in. They don't give you the uh, the scene before the, the credits roll, which is where. um you know stuff's going on like it's actually it actually takes place in uh france in the beginning right and there's like a a party going on and i mean is that pretty much the moment right before he crashes through the window you think like like stuff's going down she goes to the fireplace saying like come doctor and save me yeah because there's like a a a clock that's that's cracked like the face of the the clock is cracked and and she she kind of like admits to the king of france who is who's like she's having an affair with you know yep. there's another man that she loved and it's and it's the doctor and then then you see these like uh what are they called do they really give them a name like these these autotons the, the clockwork androids is what, is what this calls them and i think and when when i was watching on uh, amazon it said it called him like clockwork something mm. like one of them i forget what it specific specifically yeah. but basically clockwork androids i think is what you want right. to call them so they show up and she panics and she's yelling into you know the the fireplace or the clock like you know she's yelling for him yeah and that's how the episode that's like laser grounder for the episode and um i thought overall i thought this was a really really solid episode man yeah oh yeah really good um the the love factor I was not expecting that Mm-mm. because we we've gone like this long and um, the doctor's really shown no emotion towards any female other than Rose and what's her name in the last uh, Jane. And, yeah, but not to the, uh, not to the point of where like he, he, he is deeply like in love with any, either of them. And I think in this episode they really like went for that. Like he, he's, I want to say a person, but we don't really exactly know what he is that has like emotion. And the scene like at the end was just like when he was torn that she died when he went back to the TARDIS yeah. and, and, and Rose sees him and, you know, Mickey steps up to kind of give him a moment to be like, you know, let just let him be. He's like torn up, man. Yeah, I know, man. And I just wasn't prepared for that. Well, you know, you almost wonder was the last episode with Sarah Jane Smith, um, the, the former companion there. You wonder if like that was kind of setting up to let us know, like, for, especially us as new viewers who have never seen that before, like, hey, there's been other people that he's loved, other women specifically that he's loved kind of through the right. years. 
and then we see it real time. We see it happen here, you know, with uh, Raynette. And I, I mean, I was kind of thrown aback when is it? It's really her, right? That first comes to him. I mean, he's obviously intrigued with her when he see or intrigued by her when he sees her kind of through the fireplace and that. But it's that second time when he goes back and she's a little bit older. Number one, she's stunning, you know, to him. Right. I mean, he he's almost like, and, and who are you? And then he realizes who she is. Um, and then you know, she just comes up and plants one on him. Isn't that a little weird, though? Oh, like, totally. Like, yeah. Like a Woody Allen moment. Type of thing. <laughs> like, like you, you know this girl when she's a, a, a child, and now that she's older, you're going to be okay <laughs> with Allen. her putting the moves on you? But, you know, and I, yeah, I mean, in his case, though, I mean, it's just kind of like probably par for the course, right? I mean, when you're somebody who can time travel, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the movie, didn't read the books, but I know my wife loved like the time traveler's wife. That's right. isn't that or time traveler? Yeah, is that what's called time traveler's wife? Isn't that kind of the plot of that? Like he's traveling through time and sees her as a young girl and then getting older, and that's just kind of. If you're a time traveler, man, you know you're gonna see your your loved one as a child at some point. Like that just kind of has to come. It's true. So it's yeah, awkward, I guess right? You're, you're I mean, you could of... literally see them as a two year old, and within minutes, your time be in the future and laying one on them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> take that for what it is, dude. What power? Like that—that's kind of creepy, but that, that's like immense power to like see like a a girl and be like, uh, I might want to have something with her, so I'm just gonna like get Let's back go in see my what she looks like. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, she's 73 now. Nope. Let me go back a few more years and get some of them wrinkles gone. That's terrible. Terrible, man. Love them. <laughs> Death to you, part. That's what's got to be. Um, I, go ahead. Well, well, I was going to say, too, like, you know, I, that almost says something about her because, you know, she is the mistress of the king. So mm-hmm. she's a player herself. Yeah. You know, like to just to be the self-proclaimed, I'm the mistress of the king. Like, that's something to be proud of. Like, I, I don't know, I, like that, because she's even you see her at one point walking through that courtyard talking to that other woman. And right. she's just like honest, like, oh, yeah, I'm his mistress like that. And. Back then, things were different, definitely. But that's what I was going to say. I mean, or I was, was going to ask. I don't know. I'm sure that they were. You, I mean, you hear about that all the time that they all. But had... I think doesn't that happen now in France? I'm not trying to be like funny. I, I, <laughs> I think don't know. like I think it's true. I think like whatever yeah. president of the United States, man, he's got all kinds of women or had all kinds of women, yeah, but, but he shouldn't. And, and the only reason <laughs> he does is because he has money. But I'm not saying the guy. Does France have a president? I don't know how it they works. do. He's that young guy, man. Isn't he that real young guy that everybody? Yeah, dude. And I think he has like, and but the French are okay with it. Is the difference? Oh, okay. So I, I think this is a thing that like has been going on for centuries. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. All you uh, British listeners, let us know. Is there something we're missing there? Or, or French listeners? I should say. Any listeners that yeah. speaks French? Probably not. I don't know. Um. But yeah, so just that's just an interesting, interesting bit. But w- one thing about the fireplace I want to bring up, because when I was first watching this, this is our first instance in the series of time traveling not tied to the TARDIS, right? We've always time traveled with the TARDIS. Yeah. We've never seen time traveling not done by the TARDIS. That's true. And, and so that was kind of interesting that you have these, this race of clockwork androids able to basically take enough power from human organs which in itself is kind of weird too because i mean Mm. that's a whole other discussion like just the fact that they needed parts for their ship so they just killed all the members of the ship to what well we think it's the members but somehow it ends up being her right i guess there's some parts of raynette or they think she's the one i guess that can be the brain of it Um, but they're using human organs Mm. to power a ship and there's enough power there to not necessarily fuel the ship but to fuel the ability to time travel 
Mm. It's crazy. That's I haven't nuts. seen that. Well, and that's what they were doing. Like, but why? And I think Rose asked this question, like, why specifically her? We get the answer at the end. Yeah. But still, they could have went for anybody. Like, basically what these people are doing is in the, in the opening scene, which is a great opening scene, when the doctor first gets into her room and she's a child. Oh, yeah. And he, Creepy. And he, and he witnesses the, the clockwork guy underneath the, the bed. The clock. Um, Ticking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the clock, like, there's a, uh, uh, he, he's looking at the, at the clock and he's like, well, that's scary. And you're like, <laughs> why is that scary? And, and he, he's like, well, if this clock is broken, then where does that ticking come from? Oh, dude, and whenever I, I hear dude, a ticking I got, clock like, now, I got chills. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, I, I didn't think of that. I, and the funny thing is, like, I probably would have thought of it in the moment. If I was in that room, would and you? I knew that clock. Yeah, dude. If you see a clock that's broken, you know, then you hear ticking. Yeah. But I didn't think of it. Well, maybe, you know what, I think you would feel it because that ticking was very obnoxious. Like, it's, it's a loud, obnoxious it, ticking. It, it was, yeah, they, they amped it up a little bit. <laughs> Most grandfather clocks in that, they're not really ticking so loud that it's like, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Right, I mean, right, this right. was like telltale heart, egg round, poe underneath the floor, heart beating. Yeah, right. I mean, this was loud. Crazy. But, they're, but they're, they're kind of monitoring her. What do they keep saying? She's not ready yet or she's not? She's not complete. She's not complete. Um, I don't know at the time what that means, but, you know, fast forwarding through the episode, like they need her brain to like power their ship that something happened where 82% of their ship was deemed like incapacitated due to something. Mm -hmm. And now they're like piecing their ship back together with organs, including organs of them themselves. They've sacrificed their own people, their own autotons. Do do. Okay. Hold on. Was it really them? Or was it because they were saying they were repair droids? So I I was under the assumption like they he because he said something you had your crew. I was under the assumption maybe this was a crew of like thirty people, and it, mm-hmm. the one droid it re, uh, identified itself as Repair Droid Seven. So was this just a repair droid, or they had a bunch of repair droids and they were like the only way to fix it is killing all these people on the ship, and that's all they knew how to do. So they killed all of the crew that was there and just took bits and pieces from the crew. So you think the crew is human? I think the crew is human. And this, I think so, I think some of the crew was human, absolutely. But I think they were just running out of things to do, or not okay. running out of things to do, running out of, of resources. So right. they started recycling themselves. Hmm. I think there was I think it was both. Okay. Crazy. Absolutely. Which is kind of sadistic. Because yeah, it's, it. it's oh man, <laughs> crazy. But Doctor <laughs> Who man always bringing just crazy things like that. Like the idea yeah. of I mean, just think of that. The idea that you have these repair droids on your ship. Who are supposed to be doing the right thing, and in the end, like them doing the right thing, ultimately kills you because all they're programmed to do is to fix the shit. Right. And they got to use what's there, and which almost it almost reminds me of the um, "Are you my mommy?" Like those those droids were basically like trying to cure this little boy where a what was it a bomb or whatever fell on the kid. Right. And when those things were unleashed, it, there was a person in a gas mask and they thought everybody on earth, that's what you're supposed to look like. So they just created everybody in that image. And it's like, there's, it's those bots were trying to do the right thing, doing what they were programmed to do. But ultimately it was not the right thing to do at all. And that's almost right. what these repair droids, which could start being a theme we might start seeing kind of here in future episodes. I don't know. Um, kind mm-hmm. of crazy. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Do you think what, what do you think of just the Mickey Rose side project kind of going on? Not I say side project, but just kind of their little storyline because the doctor is so just infatuated with Raynette through most of this episode, right? And he's kind of leaving them by themselves on the ship. And this is our first time 
having Mickey come along truly for an adventure, right? I mean, the very beginning yeah. you see him walk through and he's like, oh my God, it looks so real. And it's like, yeah, Mickey, it's real. You're in space. You're in the <laughs> 5,000, whatever, 5,000 century or whatever it is. Um, I thought like Mickey himself was a little like underutilized. I don't, I feel like he, I mean, he was, he was good in the episode, but he didn't really stand out as much as I thought he would, especially like on his first mission. This episode was about, you know, the doctor and, and him yeah. like falling in love and, um, and stuff like that. And I think for, I don't know, maybe in the next episode or however long Mickey goes on this ride oh, for, do you think it's going to be on? Do you think it's going to be on like the rest of the season? <sighs> I don't know. Is I'm worried like, for Mickey, man. Why? <clears throat> I, don't, I just am. Like, I don't think Mickey should be coming alive. As much as I want Mickey to be there, I don't think it's going to end well for Mickey. I just got a feeling. <laughs> I just got to. I actually thought he was going down. At one point, you see him in the episode when they get him and Rose, like, is it the um, the clockwork people, like, grab them? And at one point, I thought he, like, got stabbed or something like that. Oh, I thought yeah, they were yeah, taking yeah. him down. But it was when they were knocking him out before they strapped him to the table, which at, at some point, they're saying that Rose is complete, right? It's almost like they're just going to use Rose Instead of Raynette, it seems. And the interesting thing about that is we know Rose is only like 19, 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. And they want uh, Madame de Pompadour to be like 37 mm -hmm. before she's complete. So what's it say about Rose? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just... well, we know Madame de Pompadour dies shortly thereafter she's 37, right? So... Rose, I might say Rose time's expiring too, man. <laughs> <laughs> if she's complete already. Like, she's almost complete. Oh, boy. Her, her time Here, is I'm, ticking. Yeah, I'm worried about Mickey. It's actually uh, Rose. Right. Um, we got an answer as to where banana daiquiris came from in this episode. Dude, like that's the second time bananas have been brought up. I know. Remember the other episode? He said, the doctor said always carry. He says in this one, always carry a yeah. banana with you. And he had the one in his pocket that one time, right? <laughs> Just have, to have a banana. <laughs> Is there something behind that, or is that just like a spoof type of thing? I'm, th just... I'm thinking it's a spoof, but that moment, man, was what I when prior to me watching the episode, Chris watched it before me this week, and he texted me and said, "Dude, there's a scene in this episode that is epic." <laughs> Once I saw the horse scene, I knew that was it. But until <laughs> that, I thought it was the scene of the doctor basically coming in the room acting like he's drunk oh. that was classic man he had like the tie yeah. around his head and he's like oh, i just yeah. invented bar you know banana daiquiris <laughs> and he's being all silly and just that whole scene was great that almost had me you know in the beginning when phantom emailed us and he said are you warming up to tenant that that scene in this episode i loved it i'm like this yeah. is great and 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 the <clears throat> i guess in the doctor who circles um people think that they I mean, obviously he wasn't drunk but they think he got it on with her. That's that's the consensus. Oh, yeah. because well, because she says to him like you need to dance or something, and like dance is considered like doing the dance, doing you know the dance. I mean? <laughs> yeah. So uh, and because he comes back the way he does, yeah, back to the the future ship, people are like, oh yeah, they definitely got it on. Hmm. Was this when, yeah, this was the moment where, cause that, that, this is a big scene, I think for this episode, this was when, um, he puts his hands on her head. I'm just going to bring that up. Yeah. Cause it, this was kind of a pretty big, pretty big moment. And, um, you know, he's basically using his telepathy to look into her mind, trying to figure out why the droids are linked to her. He right. can't really figure it out. There's a couple moments where he's saying, just imagine a door, you can shut the door. And he's like, believe me, there's some doors you want to shut. Um, but then she starts noticing, and this is where we get some just expose on the doctor. And she says that he was a lonely child. 
and uh, kind of shocks him the fact that she's able to you know realize like wait a minute he's uh <laughs> or she's seeing into my mind and mm-hmm. uh, she says uh, once a door is opened and maybe step through in either direction and she even says mm. to him doctor who doctor who right what does she see in there man i don't know he's a lo- man, he had like- a lonely childhood are time lords like are they just kind of abandoned his children or were his parents killed is that something we're going to learn at some point are they children are they ever children i mean at the some time point it gotta be right what why? came first why, the time lord why, or the <laughs> why, why, time lord how the are age? they children and how do they grow up and then they just stop aging at one point man i don't know like I, maybe they could be i don't know but um yeah dude this was such a cryptic scene yeah and i am trying to like like wean through it and figure something out and there's just nothing they're not giving you anything and i'm sure if we ever get the answer to that i don't know if we do you know I mean, we'll look back on this scene and be like okay that makes a lot of sense that right makes now sense yeah Right now, it just it doesn't. Then, like that—that's a crazy like uh, sentence where she's like, "A door is open; it can be stepped through in either direction." So, by him doing that, he's given up a piece of himself. So mm-hmm. that's probably why we don't see him doing that a lot, because he's not going to do that with anybody. He obviously is in love with this girl and and you know yep. trusts her in some way. So he's going to open himself up. But for her to ask that question, like Doctor Who, I don't get that man like what does that mean it's like she knew like it, there was there's just something that she knew about him especially because i mean obviously she had a little bit of a tie to him prior to this but like mm-hmm. after that moment she was just locked and tied to the doctor well i mean he was himself too but it was just you know and then that's the moment where she says you know um would you like to dance with her and he says right. you know that she needs to dance with the king and she laughs and says well i'll make the king jealous first Oh, they totally so, did it, dude. Yeah. Totally yeah. did she it. She needs to dance with the king, too. And we know she's been dancing with the king. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Can You know, I think she should be a companion. I, I wish that he could go back and just bring her on the TARDIS. Dude, dude. Nothing would get done if she was a companion. <laughs> <laughs> we would go nowhere. Because there's, I'm sure there's a bedroom in the TARDIS somewhere, and that door would constantly <laughs> be closed. <laughs> uh, Rose would probably kill her, actually. I think it's really what <laughs> ended up happening. And Mickey would just yeah. go insane. Um, let's see what else. I mean, do we want to talk about the uh, elephant in the room or should I say the horse in the room with the horse crashing? I mean, dude, that moment, like I said, Chris texted me and said, there's a moment in this episode that is so epic. And I took it as like a serious epic moment. Yeah. Well, I told you. Holy hell. I was dying. I was watching this on my lunch break in my car and I was just cracking up at that scene. (laughs) He smashes through the window Gives like the most awkward wink. He, he almost looks like when my daughter tries to wink or when like a young kid tries to wink and like their whole face is like, you know, like moving. That was him. He just looks over. He's like, yeah, blah. gives a little wink and then busts through the window. Dude, it is perfect. Uh, well, when I this is my favorite you, uh, David Tennant scene yet. It's got to be. It has to be. It's better than the it is defended. Like that's right there. <laughs> but like when I sent the text to you, I'm like, it was an epic moment in this episode you wrote back like pretty quickly you're like oh i can't wait to see it i'm like it's not what you think <laughs> you but, did, yeah. but you'll know it when you see it <laughs> <laughs> um and dude i don't know man like I, I i think i rewound it maybe like four or five times just because it was so bad it's one of those things that's so bad it's awesome it's amazing yeah it's so good and the whole like scene leading up to that is like the doctor rose and mickey are on the ship and uh 
the madam is, you know, back in, in France. And this is like the one thing in, in this episode that like, kind of confused me. I had to give up trying to figure it out. And we've done it so many times in the show where we stopped trying to figure out time travel. Mm-hmm. This one, this show, like really, or this episode. I know what you're going to say. I just had to give up on because like the, the whole like link between the. Yeah, I got that part. I got the, I got the gist of it. But there was a couple scenes where he's talking like really fast and like the scene kept going on and I'm like trying to revert back to, you know, things that he was saying. And I'm like, I, I got to stop thinking about it because it was confusing the hell out of me. I get the part where every time he would that that uh, fireplace like he, it would rotate and almost like a like a hidden yep. bookshelf type of thing. Mm-hmm. And every time he'd come back to the ship and then turn back around, time has passed. I yep. get that, but there was. It seemed like they were trying to like make it really in depth, detailed. But whatever happened, like there was a time where the three of them were back on the future ship, and they there was a link that they couldn't break through. They couldn't get through to 17th century France. And the only way to do it was to break through one of these windows. It seemed like all the windows in the ship were yeah her life almost. The madam's life, right? Something yep. like that. That's what I was getting from it. Yeah. And um, but, well, and I the think only it, way to get the only way to get through was to to literally break through them, but that would sever the link between the two worlds, and he'd be trapped back in 17th century France. So obviously he went for it, and he went for it grand style. <laughs> like but what I didn't was, get right before that, the the one scene you see before that is when it's just Rose going to that time and that's what threw me off i'm like why is rose here by herself i didn't get that. why isn't the doctor just there with her like that that scene is so out of place and and i've i i gotta go back and try to watch and figure out kind of where that kind of like where that timeline breaks down but it's like why is rose going to tell her like don't worry you know when you're needed he'll be there or whatever because you know she kind of explains her kind of what's going on with there's these people and they need you and you know your time is ticking and yada 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 and it's like why is Rose delivering that? Why didn't the doctor just show up and say it? And then, and then it was after that moment. The only other time they can go through is when the doctor does it in the most grandest way possible, oh, riding on a horse. Because even up to that point, I'm like, why is there a horse on this ship? The only reason was because they had to have Doctor Who smash through a That's w- right. <laughs> window. Yeah. That was the only reason. It's, it's terrible way of foreshadowing, but. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, so, if you do follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we were using that GIF because I have found the perfect gift, and it's literally that whole moment of him busting God. through the window, giving the wink and everything. It's it's great. It's terrible. So, so it says, like, the doctor <clears throat> attempts to shut the gateway before the droids damage Rainette's timeline any further. Uh, however, one of the droids is still in the past, preventing the shutdown. <clears throat> All right. Okay, so, so there's a droid ding. that's present, preventing so it. So he can't shut it down. So I think he's trying to just end this whole thing, but he can't do it because there's still one more droid left in France. It says a ding sounds, which the doctor takes as a droid, finding the right point in Raynette's life for them to attack. And that's when all the droids, like, they spring back to life. Um, yep. So let's see. They teleport away, deadlocking the system and preventing the doctor from stopping them. So the doctor sends Rose to warn a younger Raynette to the droids that the droids will return for her sometime after 37th birthday. Yeah, they don't really say why it can't be him that goes back, though. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just kind of again, just kind of roll with it. Um, Yeah. But but I think the just kind of moving past that the moment uh, basically once he's stuck there, and you know he's stuck with uh, Raynette with the madam, and they start just keep using that term the slow path right 
like, you know, I, I was kept thinking in my head, like, is that something the doctor really just deep down truly wants? Like, he's never really got to experience the slow path, right? Like, if you have the ability to time travel and go wherever you want to go, like, deep down, you're never going to be able to settle and take that slow path. Where mm-hmm. here, now he's lost the TARDIS, or at least at the moment, what he thinks. He's lost the TARDIS. He's lost the ability to time travel. He's stuck for once. Like, I almost wonder, was he actually relieved? I mean, he kind of brings up things like, oh, I'm going to have to get money. Where am I going to get money? I've never thought of that before. You can tell he's kind of smiling and somewhat happy about it. Because for once in his life, he can just relax, right? There's nothing he can do about anything. Just live for once. He can actually just live and not have to have all those other concerns. But isn't that kind of a dick move at this point in time? Because you got Rose and Mickey. (laughs) In some random spaceship that have they can't use the TARDIS. They say that they yeah, try to. They like, did, yeah, because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, just she just needs to go bad wolf style and just use the TARDIS. But no, yeah, she can't. But if if he's not around it, they can't use the TARDIS. Right. So I get that side of it, and that just tells you how much like his like love for her, Ugh, crazy. Uh, just weighed on him. And uh, he he was. It seemed like for a moment, yeah, he was willing to just. Like you said, like they say a lot, take the take the slow path, which it's, mm. I just don't think that's not it, if they made like a love story on that, it'd be one of those things where he would do that for a week and he's like, This ain't me. You can't sit down. Yeah. <laughs> I look, can't do this. Look, we've talked about it. If somebody like the current day people in this universe, like once you know what's out there, you just can't mm-hmm. you can't right. sit. Like it's why Rose right. has to go with the doctor. It's why Mickey's been begging, please yeah. take me with you, because I know there's more out there. I can't just sit here in Cardiff and do nothing. Yeah. Like I need to be uh, out there. I don't want to go to the Triple C, the Cardiff Community College. <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> I need to time travel. <laughs> and I don't want to insult like 17th century France or anything like that. But when you ha- when you've been all over the galaxy, you're gonna settle upon 17th century France. Is that the <laughs> best that? that you, that you think there is i'm you know yeah. if there it is yep you've seen it all and if that's what you've you know resigned yourself to then it hey more power to you but yep um, um do you think moving forward i mean just talking about how much love and and just compassion obviously the doctor <laughs> had for her do you think maybe rose will maybe start to i don't want to say resent the doctor but do you think this now, I mean, we've, we've already seen moments where, I mean, she thought the doctor was all about her. Then we had, right. you know, Jane Smith last week mm-hmm. or in the last episode and that. So we're, we're seeing these other rumblings. I mean, even on this episode, Mickey even flat out points out to Rose, like, you know, told you you weren't the only one. He's, you know, he's met Cleopatra and he calls her Cleo, he says at one point. So doctor's been around. I mean, this is a guy who's, oh, yeah. you know, been with lots of women. <laughs> do you think Rose is really now coming around to that and realizing like, you know, it's not just, not just me. You know, and and maybe Mickey coming along isn't so bad. Like maybe me and Mickey can be a thing again. I but I don't know. I think that's like you know, the 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 girl wants like the bad boy type of thing. So yeah, I don't think she's true. just gonna she's not gonna settle for Mickey. You don't want the guy. <laughs> you don't want the goofball that screams over frozen rats. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I think I think now it, this is like uh, a challenge for her. If she goes down that road, I don't know which way she's going to go. She might just because I think this is a big moment for her seeing him the way he is when he comes back to the TARDIS after he finds out that she dies. And that scene, by the way, like he you know, we were just talking about how he's uh, 
resigned or he was reconciled, as I say, to take the slow path. And then they figure out a way like she she had rebuilt that fireplace in her new home. Yeah. So the link is still there because she redesigned that fireplace. So then he gets excited that he can go back and he starts like, you know, going back and forth between the two time periods a couple of times. And every time he does it, she's a little bit older. So he goes back and says to her, like, you know, come with me. And what's he do? He goes back into TARDIS for. Says I'll be back, back in two minutes. I'll be back in two minutes, which to her was enough time has passed where she had. When she he comes back, away. she's died. Yep. So, the and and she has written a note for him too, uh, that the king gives him, hmm. which he reads, which he takes back to the TARDIS after it's really just somber, depressing scene to yeah. see him the way he was, and Rose witnesses it firsthand when he comes back to the TARDIS. She, I, she's taking note of that. Is is she's she's taking note like okay now like you said like I'm not the only one that he mm-hmm. cares about so it will be interesting to see her interactions with him going forward now will she play will she amp up her game to try to get him that's what I'm wondering in love with her more or will she stand back and go the Mickey route I don't know I think this is kind of like a turning point for her right now yep I think it's a big turning point for Rose. Uh, all right. Anything else in the episode, man? I mean, that was kind of a. It was kind of neat doing it that way. I think that's better that way. I like yeah, <laughs> I think that's what we're gonna do it for. So let us know, guys, um, if you like that. You know, I think it just kind of flows a little yeah. bit better, and we can bring up some some good bits here that we saw. Um, and we still we're still doing the the notes. So I think yeah. that when we do the notes, we'll uh, come across some other things maybe that we had okay. missed. But, but overall, I mean, I, I think um, you know we always ask, is this the best episode yet? What do you think? <sighs> God, they're so good late. Like they're they are, all, they are like, all so good. They're That's what all I've been like, it's so tough to rank them, but I'm looking man. right now. So here's what we got. We got the Christmas right, special, which if you want to count the Christmas special, you can. Uh, okay. New Earth, which is the cats. Tooth and Claw, which is the werewolf. Okay. School reunion, which is last week's or last episode. Yep. And then the girl in the fireplace. I think it is. I think so far this is like the best episode of of the season. I do. Yeah, I, I might have to be. With, I I kind of liked New Earth because we had uh who who's our uh, our good friend there, the bitchy trampoline was on there. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I Sandra. think that's right below it. You're right, but I don't know. I think this is uh like I said because it's a turning point. This is this more of an emotional one, I think. Definitely. And Definitely. he rides a horse through a window, which uh, yeah, dude, because that scene is in it. I think that's what <laughs> props it up. I I want know. a T-shirt that is David Tennant <sighs> on a horse smashing through a window, just winking. Uh. And I want it to be one that's like, what do they call it? Where it's like uh, motion, you know, where I could like, you could like turn like left and right, and it's just him just winking just over and over, smashing you need through it the where, like the back of the shirt is like the horse going through you, <laughs> and then the front of yes. the shirt is coming out, and it's on the TARDIS. The ass is on the TARDIS. Yeah, and then right. it's busting through, and it's uh, it's uh, yeah. I want that shirt. How can that not be like one of the greatest moments in the show? Dude. If if. Anybody, anybody else thinks the way that we do about that? I just want to get emails on if we're overreacting. Yeah, on is it is or, it like a popular moment for Who fans? Like, is that a I moment don't. Who fans always talk about? Or is it because we're the idiots that know nothing about Doctor Who that we're just like, that was amazing. Yeah, we're just loving it, right. I, I want to be, here's a Halloween costume for you. You know, people that wear like, do you ever see the costumes where it's like somebody like, you know, riding on like an ostrich or something? Or it looks like a little person's <laughs> carrying them. I want to be Doctor Who from the waist up. Riding on the horse and behind me have like cardboard and it's me smashing through glass. Like Dude, I want it, that as a Halloween costume. If we go to like a Doctor Who convention or something and <laughs> there's like it. cosplay going on, 
one of us has to be that. I'm totally doing it. I'll right. figure it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so it. good. That is just the best scene ever. <laughs> so far, my favorite scene ever. That is it. It was in this I episode. Like <laughs> Definitely the best episode this season for that alone. <laughs> All right, what do you got for uh, notes? What do you got for I, notes? Uh, so, all right, you're going to love this first one. Um, <laughs> okay. And I'm going to get a little bit off track, but bear with me. That's fine. So, in, uh, so Russell T. Davies uh, was responsible for Casanova. We've mentioned that show before, another show that we don't know anything about. Um, <laughs> is a serial show set in 18th century. During his research, Davies became fascinated with Madame de Pompadour. Uh, Madame de Pompa's ass and wanted to include her in a story which involved the Turk. Nice. Do you know what the Turk is? That's me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> People call me Turks so for, for those yeah. who don't know. Yeah. But seriously, do you know? I don't know. Okay. No, I'm, I'm going to let you know what the Turk is. Uh, the Turk, also known as Mechanical Turk or Automaton Chess Player, was a fake chess playing machine constru constructed in the late 18th century. From 1770 until its destruction by fire in 1854, it was exhibited by various owners as a automaton, though it was eventually revealed to be an elaborate hoax. All right. Mm. Constructed um, and unveiled in 1770 by, 1770 by Wolfgang von Kemplin. Why is everybody in the 1700s named Wolfgang, by the way? There's one name in the 1700s of Wolfgang. A bunch of werewolves. Yeah. Uh, to to, so it was created by Wolfgang von Kempelin to impress all right, to, to impress the Empress. Wow. That's, that, that's like a good band name. Yeah. Impress the Empress. Impress the Empress. Uh, the mechanism appeared to be able to play a strong game of chess against a human opponent <clears throat> as well as perform the Knight's Tour. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a puzzle that requires a player to move a knight to occupy every square on the chessboard. Okay, so basically this thing is in 1700s, and it's like an auto automated, almost like a computer. Think about that. That can play that is crazy. chess. Yeah. What it was, the Turk was in fact a mechanical It was Warwick Davis in a little box. <laughs> it was <laughs> timeless. The doc, the he was Willow. Yeah. David Tennant would pop out of this thing. No. <laughs> But the Turk was, in fact, a mechanical illusion that allowed a human chess player to hide inside the machine. Come on. That's crazy. How did people not know that? I don't know. <laughs> with, with a skilled operator, the Turk won most of the games played during its demonstrations. And then it, so it was like it, people were cheating to win chess. Yeah. Well, so, was it like a thing where you would show up at like the county fair and it was like, oh, play the automaton chess thing. And you walk in and it's just I like, guess so. like when you go, yeah. you know, you go see, um, you know, the world's smallest horse and it's like a baby pony. And it's like, come <laughs> yeah. on, like, really? Yeah. So it was this. It was like literally just a guy in a box. Like, uh, was, Yeah, uh, man. I'm fascinated by this. So like from now on, like when, you know, because we all call you Turk, like this is where you have to say you got your name from. Yeah. I'm, I'm a small man in a box. I'm Allison <laughs> Chains. I don't, I don't know why that fascinates I think it's just the time period that fascinates me because of it. Well, it's, I don't know, they man. didn't know any better, man. You know, but they thought it was probably magic. So they could just like Ugh. get there early and put Steve in a box and be like, all right, Steve, you got to play some chess today. <laughs> we'll keep giving you water. They forget him a few days later. Where Steve? He's dead in the box. The guy from Carnival. The guy that ran <laughs> Carnival. They put him in. Yeah. <laughs> the little guy. Uh, okay. All right, so uh, 
while the episode appears to follow immediately following the previous episode of School Reunion, uh, Moffat, who is the guy that <clears throat> wrote it, says in the DVD audio commentary that when he wrote The Girl in the Fireplace, he had not yet read the end of School Reunion. Hence, the lack of Rose continuing animosity shown towards Mickey after he joins the TARDIS. And I didn't pick up. Uh, yeah, she know. was just in it. <clears throat> yeah. So she was really pissed off at the end of school reunion. Mm -hmm. This one picks off. Mickey, he's kind of excited that he's on a ship, as is like his first thing. But you don't. I thought that would carry over. Yeah. Like I mean, I, we don't know how much time has passed. So I was all right with it. I, I, yeah. I just kind of in my head was like, OK, well, Rose just went with it. You know, I mean, what, what choice does she have, really? You know, she has no choice as it is, so. No. So she thinks she just got over it yeah, rather quickly. I so. Yeah. so doesn't that speak to if she's going to get over her feelings for the doctor rather quickly? Could or is be. he a whole other animal? I don't know. I, I think it's a whole other animal, man. I think right there. I mean, what, what does Mickey have to offer? Doc, the doctor's got time travel to offer, so I think he might be a little bit more difficult to get yeah. over. Um, after reading the doctor's mind, Raynette says, Doctor Who, a reference... Uh, to both the series title and to the long-running mystery about the Doctor's actual name. She also says that it, it is, quote, more than just a secret, but does not elaborate further. Moffat said that he added the dialogue because he believes that people, or he believes that because the Doctor does not tell even his closest companions his name, there must be a, quote, dreadful secret about it. Hmm. Interesting. Is it maybe Doctor? He's Doctor, Doctor. He's embarrassed because he's getting made, just, made fun of when he was a little I bet, tiny. I bet, I, I bet it's Oz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two horses. Dr. Kevorkian because everybody around him oh, dies. God, no. You know, which, by the way, there was a cool line. I wish I had the line, that quote, and it said something talking about monsters again, and it was just like always around the doctor. There's like the doctor oh. is surrounded by monsters or death or something. Wasn't there a quote in this episode? Somebody said something like that. And it was like just there, we've seen that constantly throughout the show of how like he's, he's there was a quote in the beginning when he was in her room as a child and he said, like, even monsters have nightmares. And she says, what are they what are they dreaming of? And he smiles and goes, me. Yeah. Like, that's a cool fucking line. Yeah. <laughs> Badass. Yeah. Um, all right. Two horses were used in the episode. One was used for the scenes in close quarters in the spaceship. Another for jumps. Yeah. Yeah, probably because the jumps. one died jumping through the, the <laughs> mirror, so they had to use the other one. Okay. He had shards of glass sticking out of his legs. <laughs> uh, according to Doctor Who Confidential, the horse was not allowed in the ballroom for the climatic scene. Thus, the elements of the Doctor riding through the mirror, the horse, the mirror breaking, and the reaction of the extras in the ballroom had to be filmed separately and then composited together. Uh, Tenant's head was superimposed <laughs> upon that of the stunt rider in post-production. Really? So that just... Yeah. So, <laughs> That's even better. It makes it even better, does it not? It makes it even better. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my God. Um, There were some problems with... <laughs> no surprise here. There were uh, some problems with the filming of the horse jumping through the mirror and that the crew could not bring an actual horse, like I said, into the hall. Um, this caused a rewrite for Moffat in which he came up with two alternatives, the doctor mounting the horse and being thrown off, thereby falling through the mirror. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Now, I just want that. I wish they filmed that. As an outtake, they should have just done it. 
Like, it's it's a stunt man. It's a stunt man with his head superimposed. Or dude, what if they they took like a puppet from Team America and just superimposed? <laughs> David Teddy, yeah, because you're flapping your arms just like. Ugh. I wish they had. Uh, oh, that, that was, was so rejected. good. That was rejected for undermining the doctor's heroic heroic moment of yeah. self-sacrifice. You just fell through. Yeah. And the doctor smashing through the glass on his own mm. while the horse wanders off. <laughs> Neither seems satisfactory. So in the end, in order to make the horse jump happen, all the separate elements of the stunt happened in the background oh. oh my god the only thing that would have made that thing better is if the horse had was like a unicorn with like wings like busted yeah. through oh my oh, god so you imagine i love it all right uh one thing to look out for this is interesting uh one thing to look out for in the, in the decoration in the room in which Raynette has placed the fireplace for her home. When she's alive and the fire is lit, the room is bathed with a yellow glow and the panels look white and sky blue. After she dies and the room is dark, the blue panels take a darker hue and the whole wall starts to resemble the front of the TARDIS. Ooh. Mm. Raynette must have come to, the, to come to appreciate the significance of blue and white squares from her reading of the Doctor's memories. Thought that was I, and I wanted to go back and watch that because I, that that would be something interesting to me. Hmm. So yeah, <clears throat> no surprise here. David Ten moving in on the actress who played, uh, Madam Sophia Miles as they started dating after mm-hmm. they filmed this episode. Nice. Um, it was rumored that she carried a Doctor Who doll in her handbag. I don't know how anybody would know that. Um, and the relationship ended in 2007. So it th- wasn't really very long, right? Yeah, wasn't no. This so this, the, the broadcast premiere was May 6, 2006. Yeah, so it didn't go so, for very yeah. long. Come Is on, he married? Ten- what are you doing? Is he married uh, now? I don't know. Why don't you look that up while I read through these? Okay. Things? He's got to be. Looking it up now. <laughs> um, oh, you'll like this one, man. Throughout the episode, Mickey wears a T-shirt. I'm sure I probably haven't <clears> mentioned <throat> Yes. Uh, which that. has a picture of the Nintendo Entertainment System controller over the caption, quote, know your roots. This particular T-shirt, a limited edition, could be obtained either by subscribing to British Nintendo Official Magazine or by purchasing at selected game station outlets. I'm assuming game station is like our uh, game. What the hell is our sh- uh, GameStop. GameStop, yeah. Here so. we go. David Tennant, mm-hmm. wife, married 2011. Her name is Georgia Elizabeth Tennant. She's mm-hmm. an English actress. She played Detective Inspector Samantha Nixon's daughter, Abigail, in The Bill. She also played the Doctor's clone daughter, Jenny, in the Doctor Who episode, The Doctor's Daughter. He was born in 1971 and is 48 years old. She was born in 1984 and is 34 oh. years old. So, David. Yep. And they have well, four kids. Say, this episode goes to show you he does like them young. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. They have four kids too, by the way. So okay, he's been at it. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, Raynette is the first non-companion character to kiss the Doctor on screen. Wow. So you I think get... that kind of ruins it that we they do. Wait a minute, uh, say that again. So Raynette is the first non-companion. Oh, non-companion. Character. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because Rose kissed Rose. <laughs> right. Um, after the Doctor and Raynette experience their mind link, she invites him to quote and dance. Okay, I'm not going to go over this because this is the one I said where they people think that they have sex. And we've 
pretty much con- confirmed they, they do. They had, yeah. Um, a couple more here. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, this is interesting too. Early on, as the doctor explores the spaceship with Rose and Mickey, he notes, "Quote, dear me, had some cowboys in there." Yeah. All right. This is this is cool, that? man. Uh, oh, so it says, "Dear me, had had some cowboys in there. Got a ton of repair work going on." Then he uses the same phrase as he scans Raynette's mind. The phrase "had some cowboys in there" always said with a disapproving sigh. In a, uh, it's a British idiom as used by builders and car mechanics. Hmm. Quote: The cowboy in question isn't a fellow on a horse with a hat. It's a disapproving term for a sloppy workman. Uh, the infer- the inference inference being that you your previous repair was badly done. And this craftsman, who would never do such a poor job, will have to fix their errors as well as sort out whatever your actual problem is. Hmm. Sometimes it's a genuine response to shoddy work, but can also be used to gauge, gouge up the price of labor. Huh. So so that makes sense because these guys are yep. mechanical. <clears throat> I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then just some reviews. Um, a guy for IGN wrote that this episode would have worked better had the writers explained more precisely why the doctor could not use the TARDIS to visit Mom, Madame Pompadour before she died. I agree with that. Yep. Um, someone from Slant Magazine, whatever magazine that is, wrote that uh, the episode may be the crowning achievement of Doctor Who's second series. Wow. So oh, is that, you know. Is that going to be it? We don't have anything else to look forward to, I guess. In this. <laughs> um, from the same review for the new millennium, uh, calls it an, calls it an episode for the new millennium as he thought it could never exist under the same the banner of the old series. He called it a thought provoking piece and wrote that episodes like this could not be broadcast every week since it would be too taxing on the average viewer's brain. You agree with that? Say it again. I think. All right. So he said. Um, <clears throat> This this episode could not exist under the banner of the old series. He called it a thought-provoking piece and wrote that episodes like this could not be broadcast every week since it would be too taxing on the average viewer's brain. So basically saying like we need those like back and forth like fun episodes. Yeah, that we need just kind you of can the, just the popcorn ones right. that you just watch and have fun. And I think I I would agree with that. I think uh, if you you do too deep a stuff, I think you're really narrowing. Yeah, your... I mean it is a heavy episode for sure. Um, you know, it, it obviously you know at, at first glance it's a silly episode. You know, for somebody if you didn't watch the show a lot and you didn't kind of have the backstory of kind of the mystery right. of who the Doctor is, you just see these crazy robots trying to do stuff. But yeah. but even still, I think you might get something from it just between the connection that the, him and or that the Doctor and Renette have mm-hmm. and the ending. I mean, the ending is something that is emotional, I think, regardless of whether you watch the show or not. You can't help but feel bad for the guy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see if yeah. every week we had these heavy episodes. Mm, it'd, be, sure. it'd be too much, yeah. Yep. And then finally... Um, it dropped below 8 million viewers. This was 7.9 hmm. million viewers. And it, it, I've, this is the first time I've really kind of looked into this, but uh, 7.9 million viewers made it the 13th most watched program on British television that week. So I thought it was like more popular than, I mean, 13th for the week. That's pretty. Yeah, but what do you, you know, they include like news. 
you know, it's like uh, the news on well, there. No, and sporting I don't think... like how I many dude, how many soccer games are probably on that week, man? Do you or think the game? news is going to be more than seven point nine? I don't know. Football, I'm sh- dude. I'm sure the British Premier League or whatever is huge. I'm sure you know you had Manchester playing Liverpool or something like that. It, it's going to wreck it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I man. Don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't think. Thought... I don't. I know. I didn't think. I mean, it's still in the end. It's still a very goofy sci-fi show right yeah. i mean it's so it's like it's not totally mass appeal i mean sure in our heads we think of it as a very british show but when you take a step back and actually look at it like it's stereotypical just, to think that every every british person watches this show like it's i don't know if it is i just simpsons. think like is this the everybody... simpsons in the in like 89 well or that's 90? a good that's a good yeah because the simpsons has been on for you know 87 years and it's not high up there not anymore at all big, no eh, that's true that's a good point Nope. Okay. Point taken. All right. There you go. Uh, let's see. Next week we get our our next week yeah. on, and, uh, and we, we meet. We meet the, what are they called? Well, read the thing. Here we go. So here's, it says uh, the TARDIS is trapped on a parallel Earth, and Rose discovers that her father is still alive. Oh, he's back. Woo! Kind of spoiled it. We got an email about saying we shouldn't be spoiling these things, but eh. it says uh, yeah. the sinister forces are at work, and British society is being prepared for the ultimate upgrade. It says, meanwhile, an old enemy of the Doctor returns. And the title is The Rise of the Cybermen. Yeah. And we see them. We see them in the... And, I, you know, I've seen those things before, just kind of through pop culture of seeing random Doctor Who things. I've seen the Cybermen. They were, um, you know, uh, promos and one, stuff. Yeah, well, the one episode with uh, Eccleston where the guy has, like, all artifacts and stuff yes. like that. Yep. We're, they were in there, right? Mm-hmm. I think he had, yeah. It was one of so them. somebody said that we shouldn't be reading these because they don't want to spoil it for us. Well, like, we, we got an email of somebody saying that they they like it when we're more pure with these episodes. And I'll, well, hey, I'm, I'm going to give credit where, it's, like, where credit's due to. Let me pull up the email. I'll just just give him a shout out for sure. Right. From uh, it was well, from well, Shay. Okay. Well, here's the thing, man. Like, I get it. And and just looking at because uh, what we're looking at is just like a what Mark just read, and then there's one image from the episode. And just looking at that, we can see that this is a two-parter because look at you know number seven. Yep, is another image of one of those Cybermen. But I'm telling you, man, like the if you're watching the episode and they have the the next, they show you the previews for the next episode. We know nothing. Like it's totally <laughs> yeah. not. What well, is I in thought this episode. Two. I thought the. Um... You know, the clockwork people were going to be just like crazy robots all over the place and they're attacking right. everybody in, in France and it was going to be this whole thing. Totally yeah. not at Absolutely all. Not. This episode had nothing to do with what I thought it was going to. No. So sometimes that, that happens, you know, where it mm-hmm. totally throws it off. But mm-hmm. Ashay, thank you for sending that email again. And guys, again, email us, the Tardy Tardis Podcast at gmail.com. Want to know what you thought about just kind of this format for the show? Did you like us going through it this way, kind of giving the brief little plot in the beginning and then uh, kind of throwing there at the end? Or, or then just kind of going through bullet point wise and then putting our notes at the end. So let us know. Mm. But Chris, we still clocked an hour, dude. Did we? Still, <laughs> we're, we're at fifty-eight <laughs> minutes as of as I'm record, as I'm looking at our time. Well, the other ones were like hour twenty, so we're really saving like. Yeah. Oh yeah. We are shaving. Some and time. it flows better, I think, this way. I mean, I, it, yeah, a lot of yeah. times it just gets to the point where we're just kind of skimming through at the very end because we're kind yeah. of rushing at the end, and some right. scenes there's nothing to talk about, and you know who right. knows, we may have some episodes where. We have those just popcorn fun episodes, and we just kind of burn through the plot and the bullet points right. quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, all right. Well, 
don't forget, guys, however you're tuning into the podcast, uh, please make sure to like and subscribe to the show through whatever service you are using. It helps move us up the ranks. And, of course, if you are a Doctor Who fan and you know some other Doctor Who fans, especially if you're involved in any online communities, help spread the word about our show. We are trying to spread the show out. I know we had a small post last week on the Doctor Who Reddit post or Reddit uh, page. It did get pulled down. Did it really? Um, but I think we got some listeners. I think we got a few from it. So, so right. anybody who's new to the show, thank you here for tuning in. And, uh, you know, I think a great way to introduce them is just have them go back and listen to the back catalog of shows. We now have, what, a season and a half that they mm-hmm. can go back and listen to and come along on this journey with us. And, you know, if you have any friends who don't watch Doctor Who but have been wanting them to watch the show, um, that, was, that was a perfect time. Have them jump on yeah. board with us and uh, right. <clears throat> come through because it's definitely – we're having a blast doing this. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're back on track. If we should do that – what is it, rabbit? If we should do that rabbit thing for the Christmas episodes? Yep. We should do that anyway. I think it's fun. It'll be great. So we'll figure out what we need to do to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll live stream us watching that. And, um, you know, I wonder how that would work. Would we be better off doing the episode, like watching it, and then recording a regular TARDIS afterwards? Probably, right? Still kind of do that. I mean, so people tuning in live get our immediate thoughts. Because I think the way to do it is we haven't seen the episode yet. So we're, oh, we're experiencing yeah. it for the first time and kind of talking over it. Kind of like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> type thing, basically, right? And then we go yeah. back and do a regular TARDIS for people that just listen to the audio. Um, we could do just a regular, I guess, TARDIS episode after that, too. But that'd be fun. Right. Yeah, it would so, yeah, be good. We'll, we'll start there maybe with the now, next can those, can, episode. Can those people, like, interact with us? Like, I think so, yeah. I think, through, I think we just audio? watch it together. Is it, like, Twitch or something where they I don't. I, stuff, I have or? no idea. All right, we got to look into it. We're going to find out. So we'll, we'll start looking into that and try to be prepared <clears> to do that uh, for the next uh, big uh, special. So now How many how many episodes we got in this season? <clears throat> we got a lot. There's 14 total 14. here listed. Yeah. 14, yeah. Which I think it's actually that's including the Christmas episode. So you really have 13 and then the Christmas. So No. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. But, uh, all right, cool. everybody. Well, uh, thank you here as always in again for making us a part of your week. However you're tuning in, whether it's through uh, your podcast service of choice, whatever that is, iTunes, Podbean, Anchor. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now with that, catch you guys next week. Next episode. Yeah. Later. I do. Smash through a window and a horse.